Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I am here with Adam Balderstone, and we are going to talk about Babylon 5, Season 1, Episodes 19 and 20, A Voice in the Wilderness, Part 2, so it's the second part of the two-parter that we were we ended on last podcast, and Babylon Squared. So, Adam, why don't you sort of lead us into the into the or lead us out of the wilderness as it out were. of the wilderness yeah. yeah yeah well there's a yeah a lot going on in this second one and this is the second half it's a little hard to, to summarize quickly but uh the yeah you basically have earth force sends in a cruiser to intervene in the situation we had last week to try and take control of the planets it's in neutral space which uh just makes things worse so they have to juggle that and uh at the same time, Drawl and Delenn and Londo decide to go and save the day on their own behind everyone's back. And uh, also, we've got we've got uh, Garibaldi's uh, plot with Mars and trying to find out what happened to his ex-girlfriend continues. Those are the threads we have going through this episode. And, uh, and yeah, I, I like I said, I liked the uh, when I when when I saw part one, I really liked the story, and this kept. The quality exactly at the same level was my feeling. Yeah, this was a very complete two-parter where it didn't feel like like sometimes you get like 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 last year. I know I hate to go back on this, but in that Doctor Who three-parter, there were three different. <laughs> those were three different episodes. Those were not. That was not a three-parter. Do you know what I mean? That was not. Yeah, was it, not didn't, three it part didn't. It didn't cohere. Episode. This <laughs> this it's it, it looks like it was all filmed together so the and i think and, and it was all part of one thing and so the quality doesn't go up or down it stays excellent the whole way through um mm-hmm. and i and i and so i enjoyed it and i really liked the addition of was it commander pierce was that the uh uh yeah the, the captain yeah, pierce. pierce captain ellis pierce. captain yeah, yeah yeah uh he he was a great foil person <laughs> there those two because what I liked about it was I liked there was a degree of grudging respect running throughout. The, you know what I mean? There was there there was there was not they, they they were butting heads furiously, but yeah, but but I felt like Sinclair was making the right moves uh, at various points to 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 ultimately in the end when he and Captain Pierce sort of kind of have an understanding that uh-huh. you know i think i think that helped pave the way for it if, if sinclair had been if sinclair hadn't threatened to shoot him out of the sky i don't think he would have earned uh pierce's respect the way he did do you know what I, mean? I think i think that was a respect earning moment i as a viewer really respected sinclair in that moment because i did not imagine that sinclair would be willing to go to that that level of force yeah, I'm launching the fighters. Yeah. Gonna go go at it. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, my, one of my favorite moments in there, the, the relationship between those two characters is the very last one after they, they have that kind of grudging respect kind of conversation. And it's like, you know, Sinclair wishes him well and everything. And then the second to like, the camera's off, you know, it's like Sinclair just gives this look like, what a, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing is said it's just a look on his face after that conversation is over it's just like oh but yeah that, that, that's just a nice but, but here's the thing the if he needed somebody at his side in conflict don't you think that he might select pierce like oh he, yeah he, if he needed mean? someone to win a fight yeah he'd probably bring him in but uh it's uh but yeah i don't know it's uh they're not gonna have tea together anytime soon 
but the, no, it, no, no, no. Well, they, exactly. They, there is some level of of something there. <laughs> but that really, really, uh, I don't know, solidified my my overall impression of Sinclair as a character because he's sort of this. He's this guy who he can be really soft when he needs to. He doesn't always just go to like right to sort of like you know you know an, uh, a, a, a you know firm use of power. Uh, yeah, and some and and over the course of the series, at times it's made me think he's a little bit milk toast. You know, he's a little bit like uh, there's some. You know, he's there's like maybe he's just a little there's, there's like not enough fire operating on this guy. But but then in those moments when he when he when he commits to the use of power like that, it, you you can see that it's not it's not that he's he's just wise. Do you know what I mean? He knows when he needs yeah. to use it. And and it's and as a viewer, it's sort of I feel like they're maybe misleading me to think that he's soft, and it's it's that's not in fact the case. Um, yeah, I think a whole lot of complexity in this watch of the show with Sinclair. There right. there is just a lot of a lot of depth there to the characterization that I think is impressive. Yeah, I mean he he really does. Uh, like I said, I mean, he's very calculating. It's like, he's, you know, I mean, for the poker faces, Sinclair does have a poker face yeah. for most of the time. <laughs> you, you know, you can't, you can't entirely be sure what, what his plan is based on what he's doing. And uh, I, I think one of the key, there's a key comment, too, that goes back to, uh, I think, the first episode or maybe it was the pilot, but uh, him talking to Ivanova and saying, you know, you know how it's like, you know, if you really want to understand someone, make them angry, then you see the real person. And it's like, <laughs> you kind of see that a lot through the whole season with Sinclair. Where oh, I should, okay. I, that's interesting. Yeah, because he was definitely making Pierce angry. Uh, yeah, episode, yeah. Sure. He, he, he kind of sometimes... He does it with a complete poker face in a calm way, pissing people off just to kind of get them off balance. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to. I mean, I don't only have like two more episodes of Sinclair, but I'm gonna pay yeah. attention to that. And if I rewatch oh. the season, I will definitely be looking out for that. I also I like the guy. I think his name is Roy Canada, the guy that played Pierce. I just love the way he was seething almost the entire episode. <laughs> that was a. That, I know. You know, it was a. I don't know. I just I just liked that character. I don't know why. I just enjoyed his presence in the episode. Um, oh, completely. He, yeah. I mean, it was it was just perfect casting. I mean, just just the the scene where he shows up in Sinclair's office, like, oh, cushy, you know. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like every once in a while, a character strolls in, and I'm like, oh, I hope we get more of this guy, and I really hope this guy makes an appearance again down the road. I don't know if he will, but uh, but he's the yeah, sort of character I, I'd like to see again. Yeah, I can't say. I can't say. It's not one of those details that has stuck with me over 15 years. We might get more. We might not. Okay. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I, I hope we do. And I, <laughs> and I like the, like, I love just the way, like, so when the, they really complicate things because this, this, uh, this third ship shows up that yeah. is, is, it turns out it's like exiles from that planet who are no good and are just like exploiting the situation. And uh, and they start butting heads with Pierce, and he uh, and and he and and they're like, "You have ten hours," and he's like, "No, you have nine hours." To us. <laughs> that was the yeah. best line, and I I just really like that scene, and 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 it, and it kind of mirrored exactly what Sinclair did to him 
when he tried to land it, you know, it was... <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty classic there, and uh, the, but yeah, that 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 whole whole conflict there worked really well. This, the three way standoff there going on, and uh, the other detail that I thought was marvelous was um, Garibaldi finally gets into touch with uh, what's her name, Lisa Hampton. Was that the lady's name that he's trying to reach? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he finds out she's married to a guy named Franz. <laughs> and it's like the one name you probably, like that's like the top name that you wouldn't want to hear in that situation. Like any name but Franz. At least if you're an American. I'm sure if you're, you know, in, in Europe or something, Franz is not as, yeah. it doesn't have the same ring. Then you probably don't want it to be like Jim Bob or something. But and then, then she puts that other, other stabbing line in too to hear from an ex that you're still interested in. You'd like him. <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. never, no, I wouldn't. You never want to hear that. Yeah. I, I would not like him. I, I already know what my opinion of, his, of this man is. I don't need to meet him. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, uh, you know, that, but, but what I liked about the Mars plot um, really was that it added scale to the, to the sense of the world. And it, and it really hammered home sort of the, the complexities of what's going on on Earth and why Babylon 5 is, is not always getting the funding it needs. And why, so when he contacts the senator and the senator's like, look, they're preoccupied with Mars. You know, and all, yeah. that, 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 I, I like that bit. We've got, um, we've got a revolution going on right now. We don't have time for your crazy but, space plot. But, but it's <laughs> nice that they keep bringing it up and they keep reminding you of the home guard and all these other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like it happens once and then you have to remember it, you know, and you go, oh, yeah, 12 episodes back. You, you're, you're, yeah. you're reminded of it enough that it, it feels very familiar when it comes up again. So, yeah, it's, it's like because on the one level, the Mars plot is kind of an excuse to have a reason why Sinclair and and Pierce have to settle this on their own with no advice from Earth whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So on, on one level, yeah, it is kind of a ploy. But because the Mars plot is something going through the whole season, it doesn't feel artificial. It's earned. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, there there is all this unrest on Mars and there has been. So it doesn't it doesn't feel artificial. No, I, I agree. I agree on that. I, I, I thought I, it was probably the best subplot, I think, so far in terms of gelling with the the main plot. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, and on the Garibaldi thing, too, I think I think I think the Garibaldi plot is interesting because, you know, we haven't talked about Drawl yet, but uh, it's 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 a counterpoint to Drawl's story. It's like both Drawl and, you know, both Drawl and Garibaldi have had these epiphanies recently where they've realized, you know, hey, you know, they want to live their lives differently. They've, like, had these moments. You know, Garibaldi want, is willing to get back to his girlfriend no matter what. Drawl is out there looking for, you know, some pieces, well, to find some meaning in the universe. And it's like, so they both kind of have a similar kind of life crisis. And for Drawl, Drawl gets exactly what he wants and Garibaldi just gets screwed. Yeah. Now, the only <laughs> thing about the Garibaldi plot that annoyed me a little bit is how could he not have foreseen that that was a likelihood? That, you know what I mean? Like, he, I mean, obviously yeah. he didn't say, oh, I'm totally caught off by surprise and, you know, maybe he wasn't surprised, but, but he seems surprised by it. And I feel like that would be the thing that you'd be bracing yourself for. Like, you would be... Do you know what I mean? You yeah, would, you so, do have a point there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a little unrealistic to not even consider it. So, uh, 
Though I don't know, maybe Garibaldi's like a romantic who you know, and maybe he thought she would never get over him because he was so incredible <laughs> or something. You know, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. His, uh, I don't know what was going through his head. And I'm interested to see where he goes because I guess you either now burrow yourself deeply into work, or you, uh, or you very quickly find another person to 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 uh, to to live out your dreams with or something. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know which. Di- I, I imagine I know which direction he's going, but but we'll see because I I haven't I haven't really. Uh, I, I've had glimpses of the show from when my friend was watching it at my house and that doesn't, I fi- I'm finding that to be deeply, deeply misleading. Um, <laughs> everything that I thought I, everything I assumed about the show has turned out to not be the case. Um, yeah. so, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna keep my mind open on the Garibaldi front. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't know the answer to your question either, because it's one of those, you know, I remember broad details mm. of the plot, but, you know, how does how is Garibaldi going to respond to this? I, I that tells recall. me they might not revisit it. Maybe it doesn't become an important Oh, uh, no, I'm not saying that at all. There's okay. lots of things about the show I barely remember. Okay. I mean, you know, okay. I, I remember things like Voice in the Wilderness. I remember that episode. Mm-hmm. I remember Babylon Squared. I remember, I remember Signs Importance. But, you know, I mean... I, you know, a few weeks ago before we rewatched TKO, I couldn't have told you how the plot ended or Okay, anything, yeah. okay. No, I, I, know, I know what you're feeling there. Um, but yeah, no, and, and also this was a great Londo episode. He got a really good moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, this, and, the, it, the, and I liked how in the in, in part one he was creeping around all of the plot hooks. Doing, he was like always kind yes. of there. And then, and I was like, well, okay, I like Londo, so it's nice that they're doing that, I guess. I don't mind seeing him, even though it seems kind of pointless. But then they, they pulled him into the orbit of the main plot, and that, I don't know, it was, I, think, I think it somehow paid dividends having him peripherally be involved and then really be involved. Yeah, well, you could have had him just show up at the, you know, the point he was needed for the plot, and it would have, you know, it would have been a little, I mean, it wouldn't have been, it would have worked, it would have been fine, but it was so much better having him gradually work his way in. And, uh, yeah, I, it, it, this is a very good Londo episode, and there's there's actually a lot about this episode that I want to talk about down the road, because that I can't even talk about now. It's okay. like, it's, it's an even better Londo episode than you know. And I can't say anything, but, uh, it's, you know what it is? It's like that. It's like, uh, in Cinderella man, when he gets back in the ring, it was that kind of a moment. Yeah. It was like, Oh, I can smell the aromas and the the sound of the crowd. And and it's like, he's alive again. And it was that kind of a moment. Uh, so yeah, let's, you know, you'd have in the early episodes, you'd have like Londo, Londo badger and Garibaldi with his war stories of piloting and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh, yeah, it paid off. <laughs> he got to got got to see him in action. But, and, uh, but the excitement, yeah. the excitement he brought to that moment, you know, just you could just it, yeah, it was, it, it was very, it was very, it, it was very apparent. Um, and uh, and so yeah, so I, I and I enjoyed the ending. I mean, I kind of knew what was gonna. You could sort of see what was gonna happen. Um, uh, and and I was pretty sure it was going to be who I guess we can spoil it. Oh, of course. Yeah, it was, yeah. was Draw. Draw's the one who goes into the what is it called? The Great Machine? Is that what they call it? The, the Great Machine? machine yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it was totally predictable, but at the same time, it was satisfying. It's like you really, you know, you'd gotten to know Draw in the first half, and he was a very, you know, a very relatable sort of character, a person, and, and then it 
you know, so it's one of those things, yeah, you know he's going to be the one, but it's it's nice to see it play out. <laughs> and also when he started projecting himself and said that the defenses were fully online and yeah. made clear that he meant business when the, uh, when the exiles attempted to land uh, and that he would, you know, basically treat any attempt to land that way. That was, yeah. that was, you know, that was believable because we, and it was interesting because we've sort of, Drawl almost came off as this sort of lovey-dovey man of peace in the, in the, in the intro. And he is, I think, but I think he understood the importance of, of, of what he was doing. And so he was fully committed yes. to defending the planet. Um, and I think he understood that Sinclair wouldn't stupidly, uh, you know, go against his warning. So, um, yeah, well, it is his, his, you know, his, it, it, it was a good strategy too. It's like he was giving jurisdiction of the planet to the Babylon council and he trusts that none of them are going to want anyone else to get it. So you're all going to police each other. Yeah. <laughs> that was a... well, well, yeah. And what I guess I'm talking about is a caveat. When after he said that, he said, but if that's insufficient, oh, you, yeah. know, you know, I will, I will drop you out of the sky if you try, you know, it was, a. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's, and I, you know, last week you were talking about, wow, this episode reminds me of Clark. And so this episode we get do not attempt to land. Mm-hmm. So that was, a, that was like a really blatant call. Yeah, if you were wondering if Clark was an influence on this episode, <laughs> Clark is an influence on this episode. It's, it's a, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I have to say, I mean, we'll get it. We should get into uh, Babylon Squared because that's also an unusual yeah. episode. Um, but uh, I am. This is gaming momentum, and I really. We have two episodes after Babylon Squared, and I am so like holding back now from you know just blazing through the entire season. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, I'm firmly hooked at this point. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see season two how I respond when they bring a new captain on, um, or new command. Is he? He's commander, right? He's commander of Babylon Five. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's commander is the term. I mean, people always use captain, I think, just to get in the, the Star Trek mode of, oh, who's, you know, the two captain, who's the best captain? So, yeah, I tend to call him a captain all the time just because I, you kind of fall into that, into that thing. But, uh, but so, but yeah, commander. So, so Babylon squared. Uh, yes. So this is interesting because I, I, I don't know, maybe there were hints of it and I just didn't see it coming. I did not think we were going to see another Babylon station. I thought they had all that as backstory, and that was going to be like, okay, you know, mysterious, but too big budget, too difficult to sort of deal with. You know, you, yeah. whenever something disappears mysteriously, then you never want to explain why it disappeared. Do you know what I mean? That's just, just typically what I expect in a show. Um, or if they do explain it, I expect it to be a terrible explanation. And <laughs> this was such an enigma the way that it had, I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, yeah. It, 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 and so, you know, there's a, what, what they're detecting some kind of radiation. It was, um, it was uh, tachyons. tachyons, tachyons, the favorite, the favorite time travel yeah. particle. Yeah. Yes. So they, they're detecting tachyons <laughs> and, and, uh, and they send somebody to investigate and he gets washed in, in a bright light, which I assume is from the tachyons. And and it ba- and it's really cool because the way he you know, how it affects him is his organs age to like 
nine, so he's ninety five. But but his his body looks the same. So it's, <laughs> it's a very interesting beginning. It's like a great op- It's almost like a murder mystery opening, but the murder is caused by a. a uh, the Bermuda Triangle, and uh, yeah, and yeah, it's a very X Files opening. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, one thing too, as I was watching this, you know, having seen it before, you see that glowy silhouette thing, you know, in front of him when the when the, the, the brings off the light, and the silhouette to me, having seen it, was like, oh, it's Babylon Four, you know, it's yeah. a, it's just it's like, but of course, the, the first time watching it, you just you, you, it's just this this weird shape. I, I it took me but, a long time to really understand what was going, you know, until they said Babylon Four, until I saw the B four on the thing, I don't think I caught on to what was going on. Um, yeah, I knew yeah. I, I I knew that I knew that time travel was involved, but I didn't understand, you know, like uh, yeah, um, what what specifically? Yeah. And of course, and one thing I like in the pacing of the series as a whole is it's like it's only a few weeks ago we had you know Jinxo the Jinxo plot, which seems like something you know with Grail and everything. It seems completely irrelevant to anything, mm-hmm. but it's all that episode is just putting in your head about it's reminding you about all the you know the other yeah. stations. So it's like, you know, you, you get Jinxo, and Jinxo clearly, ex- you know, the, the one he describes clearly disappearing is, you know, Babylon 4 flickering out of existence behind him. And uh, and it's like, oh, that's, you know, it, it means that when this comes up, it, it feels like something you remember. So, but, and also this was a cool one because they, they, go, they go to Babylon 4. There's another commander there who I have to say did not impress me. He, he, was, he like, was he was no Pierce. Yeah, yeah he was he was no Pierce. I mean, the actor was fine. He wasn't meant to be an impressive commander because he's the commander of the failed Babylon station. So you know, obviously, yeah. he made the wrong decision at the critical moment. But uh, but but he looked like the guy who would make the wrong decision at the critical. He did not. You know, I feel like if Sinclair was in charge of that when it happened, things would have panned out differently. And and, uh, and so you know, this guy is is sort of what I was expecting to see when they show up. Um, but I like the whole way they go there, and 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 it's almost a little bit like Alien because they sort of like get onto the ship, and you don't know, you don't really. The threat isn't like a monster; it's it's these weird things going on with time and stuff. But everybody's having flashbacks, and and what was was intriguing to me is that a lot of the flashbacks, it wasn't clear if they were flash forwards or flashbacks, and so yeah. there's one. Where we get where where uh, Sinclair and um, uh, Garibaldi Garibaldi have a flashback, and I'm like, is that the future or is that the past? Because that's pretty significant, and I'm noting that it hasn't happened yet in the episode. So, so, and and I know that Sinclair leaves the show in two episodes. So I'm like, okay, this is either going to come up in one or two episodes. They're going to just forget about it. It's never going to happen, or it's going to come back to haunt us in like you know, in season three or something. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so that was very curious. And they had this weird guy on the ship, uh, named Zothras. Uh, yeah. And, uh, who reminded me a lot of the, uh, the master's disguise in, um, you, uh, did, that's what everyone was talking about at the time. That's funny. You, you had occurred to you too. Yeah. Yeah, Doing that, doing that bat. I so wish I had seen this before that. So I could have made that observation because yeah, He, he really rem- and, 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 and the thing is I would have been had I seen this episode I would have been much more favorably disposed to that disguise because I would have understood or I would have assumed that they were referencing this there's, uh, there's 
Yeah, and I mean, there, there is there is more Zathras in the series, and the dis- there's there's more to the reference than than you know. But <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, it's, not, it's nothing big. It's a minor thing. I'm not saying like you know he's really the master or something. But that would be just, a surprise. That would be yeah. that would be a surprise. Yeah. Doctor Who crossover. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, it's. <laughs> but I mean, they've no, got the no, Greys. They can easily bring in the master and the Doctor if they really want to. Um, but, uh, sure, sure, sure. You can bring the doctor into anything really, but the, uh, and it is, it is a time travel episode too. So there you go. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the commander, I agree with you completely. He just comes off as just, it was the mustache. It was the mustache. The mustache <laughs> is what really, I mean, it was deliberate. I know he was supposed to come across that way. It was yeah. just too perfect. You know, you're supposed to be the guy who gets all amped up and makes the wrong call and blows up. You know, he he's like, he's the captain of the ship when the Titanic sinks. Like, he's that, that's sort of the guy that he's supposed to be. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, uh, but yeah, another nice touch I like, too, is that it's been brought up before, I think, that, you know, Babylon 5 was built on the cheap because it was, you know, their last attempt at building it. And Babylon 4 is this much grander looking bigger station you know this huge you know area and stuff and it's like yeah it looks it definitely uh was was looks like they spent more money on well, that one and that might have also been why that one was taken i'm assuming because it sounded like zophorus was doing the he was somehow involved in it and the reason yeah. it was getting pulled into it was getting pulled into some future conflict it sounded like or maybe some conflict at the beginning of time i don't know and uh i think it was the future and that the stakes of the conflict were everything was going to be destroyed. So, uh, so they, I, I guess they needed a really powerful space station. I don't know. Uh, so, you know, it yeah. makes sense that the most expensive Babylon station would be the one that got, cause, cause presumably if they're able to time travel like that, they had their pick of all the Babylon stations, right? Yeah, exactly. Take your, take your pick, take the good one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, and you imagine if, if Sinclair had been there when it happened, but of course we see at the end that Sinclair is there <laughs> at the end yeah. of the episode. <laughs> and, and that was very intriguing because, okay, so so number one, I knew the guy in the suit was Sinclair. Like, you knew, you know that because they telegraphed it. You were supposed to get that. But uh, I liked how after, like, he he basically goes back, and and I think he was going back to Delenn. That's who I assume that was. Um, uh-huh. And... He's aged considerably. This is like this is in the future. This is like I don't know, twenty years in the future, maybe, maybe ten. Yeah, and he's got the he's got the scars, scars and everything. Yeah. uh, Um, And so now I'm like, wait a second. So does that mean? I again, I know Sinclair leaves in two episodes. So like, I'm really like, I'm really wondering, does that ever come up, or is that just something that we know is looming but never gets addressed? And it's 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 really got me curious. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you that. But, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the no, nah, there's 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 a lot of interesting. Of course, the other there's a whole other plot line in this episode, which is uh, the Len going back to Min, well, back to see the Gray Council again. So yeah, and and she she goes and they offer her the the leadership position on the council and she basically refuses and and so i think 
I think it's because she's in love with Sinclair, but that might just be, uh, and again, Adam's doing the poker face thing he did last time when I tried to sort of weasel out this, uh, this plot line from him. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I think that's the reason though. Maybe it's more to do with her spiritual calling and, you know, uh, and, 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 and who Sinclair actually is. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe love is her spiritual. Calling. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> but, but I've sort of, I've sort of imagined this, this love plot that emerges between him and Delenn. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, but we'll see, but, but anyway, she refuses and then they give her the triluminary and I accidentally happened upon a spoiler, I think looking up the triluminary cause I forgot exactly what it was. And, uh, I don't know. I, I may now know why her hair, uh, <laughs> appears in a lot of the, a lot of the footage I've seen of Delenn after the first season. So. Um, yeah that's that's not the worst spoiler you could find so that's that's okay but, but uh but i like this episode I, I had a good time watching this one it was yeah you know what's weird though it kind of reminded me of i don't know why it reminded me of red dwarf for some reason i I've never watched red dwarf which is one of my you know my, you my, my weak points of greek no it's it's, it's, okay. it's a ding in my, uh, okay. my geek All credibility right, so, so obviously we're going to be doing a Red Dwarf podcast uh, because <laughs> that that we can't that just can't be allowed to remain the case. All right, um, all right. It's, not only should you watch the show, you need to read. There were two, at least two books that I remember being released when it uh, back when it was first like still airing, and uh, and those are worth looking at too. Um, but, well, uh, well, but, I'll, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be up for catching up on Red Dwarf. It is something that that I it continually comes up, you know. Oh, like Red Dwarf reference. I'm like, what? I have uh, to admit, yeah. I fell off the boat around season eight. Like, I, I, I did stop uh-huh. watching it around season eight. I've been meaning to go back and resume, but they changed the style of filming, and it really threw me. It really threw me. Um, but I've never really pushed myself past five minutes of the, of the newer series. Okay. So, so I think if I did, I'd probably be on board with it. Um, but yeah, you got, there, there, you know, there, 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 there are some of the greatest risk jokes ever in, uh, in, in Red Dwarf. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, but, but I don't know what it was about this episode that remind. I'm, I was struggling to think that and it's been so long since I've seen Red Dwarf, I couldn't pinpoint anything. Um, yeah. It might just be the way they use time travel in Red Dwarf, or the um, maybe it was even just the way things looked. I don't know. It might have had a Red Dwarf look to me when they went on Babylon Four, but uh, but I was definitely thinking Red Dwarf that episode. Red Dwarf, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, but yeah, it's it's it is a. a what is it? Why, it's, it's... why haven't you seen Red Dwarf? Because that, that that's actually I'm very surprised. That you have, like, I would think maybe you saw an episode and didn't like it, and then you didn't watch it, but you haven't even watched. I have it. never encountered it. Okay. No, hmm. I, I just it's never come my way. I can't remember any like PBS station ever carrying it that I watched. I can't. Uh, okay. I don't know. I just have never, no, that, never that, seen it. That would do it because I think it was um, must have been season three or four where uh, they aired it on PBS, and that's when I got hooked. And, okay. Uh, and then I like immediately went out and bought all. They had the VHSs at Suncoast, and I bought all the VHSs for all the seasons that were up to that point. And then, yeah. And then I was actively buying them as seasons were coming out. I was like, it was, it was, it was a really uh, significant time in my 
my <laughs> something. Uh, yeah, I would I would see it on sale and I'd be tempted to buy it, but I never uh never never made the jump. Um, and, uh, I haven't seen it in a while, so I'd be curious to see if I react the same way to it that I do now. It's it's considerably shorter than Babylon Five, so maybe what yeah. we could do, and I'm just thinking out loud in the air, and we might change our mind after the podcast, but it might be a good palate cleanser between seasons of Babylon Five, and then sure, uh, sure, we'll see how you feel at the end of the season. I'm I'm letting you you pick what to do at the end of the well, season. Well, I already is... know I want to pick up the season quickly. So if we do do anything in between, it's got to be it's like, got to be like got to be quick six cleanser. episodes of of something that we can get through fast and then sure back to back and then time. jump back in yeah, yeah I, I i'm down with that and uh but yeah as far as uh yeah I, babylon 5 and red dwarf are vaguely linked in my mind actually because red dwarf was on at the time babylon 5 was on and because because babylon 5 was so much more popular in britain i was like and anytime i wanted babylon 5 news i'd go to like a british science fiction mm. magazine to read it so you know there'd always be like a babylon 5 article and a red dwarf article and so it's there yeah, I, I have I have like a link between them in my mind, even though they're really maybe that's one. maybe that's it. Maybe that's what I was picking up on. But uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> that's just uh, for oh, me. But uh, I did have another thought, which was related to the voices in the wilderness. Pizza exists in this in this timeline, right? Garibaldi yeah. was eating a box of pizza. He said he made it, so I was a little bit curious because it looked like delivery to me. So, uh, but it, it looked like a delivery box. But he said he made dinner. So, uh, so I don't know. Maybe it was yeah, I don't know. Pizza. I mi- I missed the made dinner line, but uh, yeah, I I, re- I do remember the pizza on the table. Well, he could have been joking when he said he made dinner. That's that would be my going. guess. Um, but but it's the future, I, so maybe they just get boxes they stick in a in a in a futuristic oven, and then it you get you, you, you get cook it yourself. That you there are places that do that where you get the uh, the pizza half prepared, then you cook it in the oven yourself. That is a thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, so so I don't know, I don't know, but 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 I but that's another red dwarf thing because in red dwarf they also have pizza, so uh, ah so. wow, so the the uh, the connection grows. grows. We're gonna have to look for more. Bit by bit, we'll map out the uh, the the connecting points. Um, yeah, yeah, but, crossover. <laughs> but but all right, so I don't know. Do you have anything that you wanted to add about uh, either of the episodes or? I think I think uh, we've covered it all. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's interesting. You know, I will make the observation. It's interesting. This episode is immediately after, you know, uh, you know, Voice in the Wilderness, just because it's like two really big episodes like yeah. that back to back. I mean, one of them being a two parter. It's like you'd, you'd almost think they would have slipped one of the, the quieter episodes in between the two. Just I thought it was to, nice. I liked getting a, that. I liked getting that oh, back-to-back quality. It. It's just been back-to-back quality for a number of episodes now. So I am I am um, uh, yeah. inoculated I'm, if if things teeter a little bit at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, not complaining about it at all. I'm just saying it is just uh, kind of remarkable. But, uh, these these happen immediately. But yeah, that's all I have. I've uh, I uh, they're just two really great episodes. Okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm gl- I'm glad Adam brought this uh, this idea forward of us watching Babylon Five because I don't think I would have without that prompting. I probably would have just. Put, it's one of these things where forever I've been like, ah, eh, maybe one day I'll get I'll sit <laughs> down 
and but it takes that commitment to do it and so this has really been well worth the sit i've watched shows where i've done that and it's not worth it this is totally yeah. worth it um so i'm i'm very excited about it and i, I really uh i i'm unless the if, unless something totally awful happens the last episode i'm going to be super excited for the the the, the next season and um, <laughs> and yeah so 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 all right so we'll we'll leave it there and uh, this Friday we're gonna be doing Heaven and Hell, the the the, the Cheng Che movie from uh, Shaw Brothers. Uh, you know, I, I I strongly recommend if you have not seen Heaven and Hell, to try it out. Go and watch it before the podcast if you can find it. This is not one that's streaming, unfortunately. Um, and I think that's I I really wish it were because it's it's a, it's a very unusual movie. I'm not gonna say that it's a movie that you'll love. I think people come down very differently on Heaven and Hell, and everybody I've talked to has had a completely different reaction to it. But I think it leads to a lot of interesting conversation. And it's it if I had to compare it to the it, to to a movie out there to give you a sense of, of what I mean, it's a little bit like Flash Gordon in that respect. It's it's it, it has a very unusual aesthetic and feel, and so we'll be talking about that on Friday. And if you can find it, definitely consider watching it before then and uh and and yeah and then uh i think after that lady chow fung is going to the event in new york and so we'll be maybe uh doing some special venom mob uh, uh episodes as well so all right we will uh be back soon and until then we'll talk to you later